the, the verse 7 just took up all of my message. Um, verse 8 says, Though we were, we, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by, by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it, Lord. And as we have read off the prayer request list, Lord, you know who they are. And Lord, I pray that you'll go with them. I especially, tonight, I especially pray for Brother Gary and Sister Chelsea, Lord, as, as they're in Nashville and, and they're waiting on uh, so he can have the surgery and get a kidney. We pray everything goes well, Lord, and, and we, have, we don't have any control over it, but we know you do. And we know, Lord, you can guide the doctors and, and you can guide those that need to be guided as far as this, uh, this kidney is concerned. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll bless them and, and bless Brother Gary and, and Sister Chelsea. And, Lord, we, all these others, remember, we're going to have a round of prayer uh, uh, tonight before we leave. Thank you, Lord, for everything. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Uh, the text, the title of my message is Learning Through Suffering. Learning Through Suffering. You're going to find uh, this is uh, that the Lord learned obedience through suffering. But you're going to learn, and this is just something for you to think about as we preach this message. We are to, we learn through suffering also. You know, we have to suffer. Uh, just there's just no way to get around it. The Lord has told us that that we're going to suffer, and I've as you, as you I've said many times, I've always prayed that Lord uh, take me just instantly where I don't have to lay and suffer. But uh, we all have to suffer in some way or another. You know, we we suffer just because we're God's children. We suffer because of chastisement. We suffer. Uh, a lot of reasons uh, out there that we suffer. Well, we we learn through that suffering. That's the reason the Lord has it. We learn through it. We we learn through it. It's just like our children. You know, our children. You know, we can sit down and we can teach our children everything that's in a book. We can teach them everything that's in a book, but if we don't teach them discipline, and if if we don't teach them. Uh, uh, those things as far as uh, behavior and values and things like that, then we really haven't taught them anything. And, and so it's, uh, it's important that they be taught that. So they, we learn through suffering. You know, my mom, if it, I, I should be the smartest person in the world, really. My, my mom used to use that tobacco stick on us. And, uh, I don't know if I ever learned a thing by her doing that, but uh, I guess I did because I guess I turned out a little better than maybe I thought I would or maybe she thought I would. But anyway, uh, we learn through suffering. The text begins this way. It says, though he were a son. 
you know, that, that would automatically make us think that, well, why would he have to suffer? Uh, and and, if, and we, if we're sons of God, he's a, he was the son of God, and we're sons of God, you wonder why should we have to suffer? But it's, it's, it's though he, he, he were a son, that's in verse 8, he was not only a son, but he was the son of God, the only begotten son of God. He did not become the son of God, neither by creation, nor by adoption, as we did, nor by nature, for he was the only true begotten of the Father. So we, we know that though he were a son, you know, he, he was God's son, and he was, he was the son. You know, we're, we're sons of God, but he was the son of God. And, and, and the Bible says, Yet learn he obedience by the things which he suffered. In verse 8 also, learn, yet learn he obedience by the things which he suffered. You know, uh, though he were a son, though he was the son of God, but he still had to learn through suffering. And, uh, you know, we, we wonder about this. He, he was not taught obedience by his father and mother, for he was born perfect. He did not learn obedience by the civil magistrates, for he was perfect. He did not learn obedience by the law, for he was perfect. And he, he, was, and he kept every jot and every tittle of the law. Then, that, then how did he learn obedience? How did he learn obedience? It was when it came time for him to die... As we, as we saw last week in verse 7, and in verse 7, we saw it last week, we learned of his human fear of death. Now, when it came time, you know, the, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of theology that's been taught on that scripture there where, where, where he, he cried and he sweated with, like drops of blood because of, uh, of time for his death. And you know, and, uh, we wonder sometimes if uh, he, he knew that, he knew that he had to die. He knew from the very beginning he had to die. And, and he knew from the very beginning that, that he had to go and he had to give his life for his children. Now we're talking about the humanity of Christ. He, he knew all of that from the beginning. He knew that, but when it came time, then he prayed that prayer, Lord, if there be, and I'm just paraphrasing it, if there be any other way, then let this cup pass by me. And you got, oh, you got people who say right then that he was about ready to give up. No, he wasn't. He, he never came to the earth to give up. Uh, you got some say that, well, that he had, he had sinful blood and, and even one person wrote a little pamphlet that we, we know the person real well, but one person wrote a pamphlet on the fact that Jesus shed all of his blood out on the ground because it was impure. He, he wasn't going, he wasn't going to take it back to heaven with him. It wasn't pure. But, but I want to tell you folks, there, 
There was not one part of the blood of Christ that was not what was not perfect. Not not one part of it. I mean, you can you can people can take those scripture and they can just make a lot of stuff out of them. Try to try to make them look scholarly, but it's just simple. It's simple that his blood was not tainted at all, and so he had no reason to to uh, have want his blood shed out upon the upon the earth. But for one reason, we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Last week, we learned of his human fear of death. Though he was fearful of death, yet he was obedient even unto death. He was fearful of death, but he's obedient unto death. The great apostle Paul said, in being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross, Philippians 2, 7. Now let me read that one more time. And being found in fashion as a man, that's, that's it, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now Paul wrote about that. Paul wrote about his humanity. Paul wrote, uh, uh, Matthew wrote a lot about his humanity in the book of Matthew. But Paul wrote, wrote about his humanity in that even though he was a man, he still humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the, of the cross. Now, we all should praise God that he was obedient unto death. You know, we should praise God for that. You know, we, we would say, well, he, 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 you know, the thing about it is, is I, I've had people tell me over the years, you know, they'll say, well, what was it to Christ? He knew that he was going to die. He knew that he was going to be resurrected from the dead. He knew that he was going to go back to be with the Father. Then what, what was there about it that was, that was vicarious to him? What, what was it about it? You know, well, if you, if you say that you've never thought about that, then you're probably lying because I've thought about that too over the years. You know, what, why, why did he have so much agony at a death that he knew that he was going to come back alive? Well, let me tell you, folks, that we're going to, I'm not going to tell you right now, but we, we're going to get into something right now that, that all of us need to listen to. We all should praise God that he was obedient unto death, for he died for each of us who are saved, that we will never face eternal death in hell fire. Now, wh wh where does that put us? That puts us in the same, same place he was. You know, we, we all know that we're going to die someday, and, and, and people, there's just a natural human fear of death. I, I don't care, you know, uh, you can be saved, and you can stand up, and, and you can say, well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm ready to die, but are you? Are you? You know, when that death dew comes on your brow and, 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 and that death rattle gets in your throat, you know, you, you know, just like, uh, Jim Brandenburg, uh, um, uh, I, I learned that, uh, that he, he, he prayed for two days. I mean, he was, he was, 
alert. He was alert to the fact that he was dying. And he prayed two days that the Lord would go ahead and take him because he was tired of suffering. For two days he prayed that prayer. They said he prayed that prayer over and over and over again. Lord, take me because I'm, I'm tired of suffering. I mean, he, he was on his deathbed. You know, it, it's, uh, we, we've, we've seen people die, but a lot of times we've seen people die when they, when they were sedated and, and never did wake up. Brother David Collier never did wake up. Brother David Collier was on a, on a ventilator for, uh, for a long time. But he never did wake up. I think they said he opened his eyes one time. And uh, Emily went to see him every day. He was in Lexington Hospital up there. And, and they said that he opened his eyes, I think, one time. Uh, but uh, he never did know. You know, he, never, he, wasn't, he wasn't alive enough, had enough to know that he was dying. And, and, and there's a lot of people like that. But then there's some people like they they spoke of of Jim Brandenburg. They said he he was he was he knew what was going on up until he died, and and so. Uh, but I say when that death rattle gets in your throat, and that death dew gets on your brow, then you you may have a different story than what you've told uh, all your life. You know, I've heard Christians boldly stand up and say, "Well, I'm not afraid to die." But they've never met death yet. They they have never met death. Well, that's the same way with Jesus. Jesus was perfect. He he kept the law and he he did exactly what God sent him here to do as a man, and, and as as God he did what God sent him here to do. God the Father sent him here to do. But yet when it came time for him to go and die. Then the Bible says that he sweat, he sweat drops, his sweat was like drops of blood. And he even asked his disciples to watch with him. But they're like most disciples are. He come back and found them asleep. He, he told them to watch with him. He, he, wanted, he wanted them with him uh, when he died. And so it's an amazing thing. But he did it that he may put us in the same position he was in. Because if you, if you know you're saved tonight, and I pray that every one of you do, if you don't, then you need to start thinking about why you don't. If you know you're saved, and, 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 and I know you know that someday you're going to die. And, 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 and you know all these things. But then you, you, you say, well, I'm not afraid to die because I'm saved. But wait till that day comes. He put us in the same position when he died for us. He, he has given us eternal life, which he, he, was for, he was for all eternity. He never had a beginning, never had an end. Just like Melchizedek. No one ever understood where Melchizedek came from because he never had a beginning, never had an end. He never had a mother or father. And so Jesus, Jesus was the same way. He was the same way, but 
and, and he made us the same way. You know, he, he put us in the same position that he was in. <laughs> his obedience is the rule and righteousness of his life. But his death for us was the rule and measurement of a filthy righteousness of our sinful life. Our sinful life. You know, it, he, he revealed to us the filthy righteousness of our life. Oh, we may, we may be the best person ever was, but we still got filth. As long as we're in these bodies, we've got filth. And, and that filth is going to be there as long as we're in this body. But the thing about it is, you know, uh, when, he, when he died for us, he took that filthy garment that we had on of righteousness, and he imputed his, he put on his robe of righteousness on us, and now we're walking on the earth as he walked on the earth. As men who are, we're going to die, we're going to be resurrected, and we're going to go to heaven someday, and we're going to spend an eternity with him. Why would we ever fear death? Why would we ever fear death? Well, that's another question for another time. For we had no chance. Jesus died for us. He, 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 he made his, his death was the rule and measurement of a filthy righteousness of our sinful life. For we had no chance of escaping hell and its agony before he died for us. We have no chance. Oh, we can say, well, like Catholic Church says, you know, the Catholic Church has penance. Catholic Church has purgatory. You know, they, they give everybody every step they wanted, you know. If, uh, if, if a man was in purgatory and, and his family, his family had enough righteousness that, that he got out of purgatory, his family could go and request and, and, and he'd be out of purgatory. But, but he could pay penance. And, and, and not, not, not go to hell. But that, that stuff is just not true. But Jesus did exactly what he did for us. We learn from chapter 2 of Hebrews, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now he's talking to saved people there. He's not talking to lost people. I've heard this used many times by the Armenians. But he's not talking about lost people there. And, uh, you know, it's um, this thing of uh, I saw somebody put on Facebook. Um, they, they, they put on there about uh, Jesus, about uh, we, we, we go to hell because we reject him. He doesn't, they said he doesn't reject us, but we go to hell because we reject him. Well, that's not true. Because there was a time in eternity he did reject us. There was a time in eternity when he didn't choose some people to salvation. There was a time in eternity when, when, when uh, there, there was called the elect and the non-elect, the chosen and the unchosen. There was a time in eternity when, uh, when, uh, when he, he, looked, he looked over those you know, he didn't, and, and he didn't, he didn't line people up and say, as I heard one preacher say one time, 
He said he lined people up and he said, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to go to hell, you're going to go to hell. No, he didn't do that. He just did not, he didn't, he rejected the non-elect and he never did work with them and he doesn't work with them today. He only works with the saved. The great salvation was paid for by Christ. Why? For he was obedient unto death. He paid for that great salvation. How should we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How are we going to escape what? How are we going to escape chastisement? How are we going to escape suffering? How are we going to escape those things? Just like Jesus escaped suffering until he came time. Because he was perfect. But we're, we're far from perfect. We're far from perfect. And so, you know, and, and sometimes we people say they're saved and they never ever have any unction about salvation usually from that time on. If they did, if, if people had an unction for salvation and realized and know what it means to be saved, They'd be in God's house every time the doors open. They 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 would be they would want us they would just can't wait. I I couldn't wait to get here tonight because of Brother Gary. I couldn't wait to get here tonight. Because this is one thing that every one of us can can wrap our hearts around and and be a be in, in harmony with the fact that we want to see Brother Gary. Get that new heart. I couldn't wait to get here tonight. Huh? Yeah. Kidney, I mean, yeah. He's not getting a heart, is he? Getting a kidney. Well, that's that's this old head of mine. You know, maybe maybe they'll put me a new head on for a while. That's not gonna happen, Brother Sam. Brother Sam came here tonight, and he said, I just don't understand why when I get a fever, he said, I just go out of my mind. <laughs> well, Brother Sam, I don't have a fever, and I go out of my mind. So uh, that's one of those things. Now, what do we learn from his suffering? What do we learn from his suffering? We learn by being an adopted son of God that we too must suffer and we do. And we too must learn, and we do. You know, I'm going to tell you, if you ever go astray and you're saved, God has a way of putting you back in. He has a way of putting you back in line through chastisement. And I, it's in Hebrews 12, I'm not going to turn over there, but Hebrews 12 says if you're without chastisement, you're a bastard and you're not a son. You know, people that Rhonda, Rhonda says this so much. She says this so much to me. She says, I just don't see how some people get by without something terrible happening to them. Well, I'm going to tell you, folks, you, uh, uh, God chastises his children, and he says, if you're without it, in other words, he could say, if you're without suffering, then you're a bastard, not a son. 
How come, you know, sometimes sometimes preachers will tell new converts, they'll say, well, everything's going to be just fine for you here on out. No, he's not telling them the truth. Because it, 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 is, it is God's children that must suffer because he suffered. It is God's children that must suffer because he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that what? Obey him. He obeyed the Father. And he, and he says there in verse 9, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. That, that automatically tells us if we're saved, we're going to obey him. <clears throat> we're going to obey what he does. Many scriptures written about our obedience to him. Such scriptures as, He that saith, I know him. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we're in him. He says all those that are in, in him are going to do everything they can to keep his commandments. He's going to see to that. You know, we, we may not want to, but he's going to see to that. He's going to he's going to chastise us until we say, Lord, I won't do this no more. But you know, that's just it's just something that people just don't think about anymore. This modern generation, you start talking about chastisement, they they say, The God that I serve don't do things like that. I had a lady right here at church one time told me I, I preached on divine chastisement. And she told me when she was standing out there, when I was, I stand out there at the door, she came and shook my hand. She said, I, I don't believe what you just preached. I said, what, what is it you don't believe? She said, I don't believe God chastises his children. But he does. I had preached it. I had preached the Bible straight out that very morning about divine chastisement. But she still said that she didn't believe that he chastises us why must we love God well look at Hebrews 12 and verse 1 turn over with me if you would you're right there in Hebrews look at Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We're in a race. God's got you in a race. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Even today. What a great blessing that is. It was Solomon, one of, the, one of the wisest men that ever lived, that ever came from woman and man. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. 
Now, he's not talking about a work salvation there. He's talking about saved people. That's the whole duty that God expects of every one of us is to keep his commandments, is, is to keep his commandments, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. Where's the fear of God? The fear of God's not there anymore. Well, what, what does Paul say? Turn back with me to Romans, the third chapter. Again, I hadn't even planned on doing this tonight, but I think it'd be a good time right now. Back to the book of Romans, the third chapter. As soon as I get back here. Romans, the third chapter. He says, he says, There is none that understandeth. There is none, verse 11 of the third chapter of Romans. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. Look at this. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That's a lost person. They have no fear of God. They, they don't fear doing that. They'll do what they want to do. It's like somebody said to me several years ago. They said, Brother Paul, you're going to have to realize people are going to do what they want to do. That's because there's no fear of God before their eyes. They're, they're, they're walking lost men and women. And they're, they're hellbound, walking hellbound, just like uh, the movie one time, Dead Man Walking. Talking about that walk a man makes before he's executed. He's a walking dead. I do believe one who has a lot of trouble keeping God's commandments is in trouble with his own soul. The ultimate reason Jesus is who he is is because he was called of God, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. We talked about that last week. May God bless you is my prayer. All right, Reggie, if you'll come up here and turn this off, we're going to...